This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by GoGo's Bootcamp. Are you a real estate agent looking for the very best media training program on the planet? GoGo Bethke is considered the top Instagram realtor in the country, and her step-by-step training program will take your social media game to the next level. Keeping It Real listeners receive a special discount, so please visit gogopodcast.com. That's G-O-G-O podcast.com for your special discount. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And today is our monthly coaching moments episode with Ryan DeApril. Now, if you're not familiar with Ryan or if you're new to the show, Ryan comes on every month to give our listeners and our viewers a coaching moment and a coaching session. Um, so let me tell you about Ryan. Ryan is a progressive thought leader focused on providing for his agents and staff at DeApril Properties. His strengths are his motivational skills, coaching style, and his dedication to training. He has 14 offices throughout Chicagoland and is also in Wisconsin, Indiana, and Michigan with hundreds and hundreds of top producing realtors. DeApril Properties is a coaching company with eight strategic coaches who work week in and week out with every agent individually focused on business planning, coaching, and accountability. If you'd like to take your career to the next level, or if you're just not getting the attention you need, check out DeApril Properties. Visit DeAprilProperties.com. That's D-A-P-R-I-L-E Properties.com. Welcome once again, Ryan. Thanks, DJ. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to uh, speak to you. It's been a uh, been a while, and um, it's it's exciting. The weather is getting a bit warmer for for probably most of our our audience, um, and uh, you know we're rolling out vaccinations, which is exciting, and seems like we're starting to get back to some normalcy. Yeah, it's 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 around the corner. I feel like a lot of people get back. I think I have mine on uh, Friday. I'm getting my vaccination shot. Nice. I had mine on Saturday. My first one. I um I I need to get one. Um, I haven't been able to book mine yet, but everyone else in my family has, has had it done. So I'm the and I'm actually traveling to see them in a few weeks. So I'm going to try try to get it. But if not, oh well. Um, but yeah. So so what do we want to talk about today? Sure. So you know, obviously, uh, for our listeners, we're all here to share best practices and mind share and whatnot. So what I thought we'd do today is I have one of our real estate agents come and join us. Okay, and. Uh, uh, Deidre is uh, a wonderful person. She's a great friend and she's a hell of a real estate agent. She's been doing this for uh, five years now uh, in the business and her career total is over $125 million in real estate sold. Last year, she, um, she hit $37 million in production. And, and that is for the listeners, uh, that is Deidre's personal production. That's Deidre doesn't have a team uh, and she's out there. She is in She's in flow with her network. Um, she epitomes of uh, she's the epitome of coachable. <clears throat> and I think one of the things that all of us have to think about is are, are we coachable or not? And we're gonna, you know, tap or touch on a couple of those things and what works. And the whole purpose behind this is for you know our listeners here to be inspired, be motivated, and, and, and get some knowledge sharing out of this that they can apply it to their day-to-day business, right? 
Absolutely. And I almost wonder how, what percentage of realtors in their fifth year have a 30 plus million, almost $40 million year. It's got to be less, less than 1% and just truly, truly remarkable. So congratulations and welcome, uh, Deidre, to the show. We're excited to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So let's go down uh, memory lane. Are you excited for this? We're going to have fun with lane. this. Um, so I want to go back really quick, though, uh, DJ, what you what you talked about is um, I wonder how many agents in their fifth year hit a $37 million production. Yeah. And for all the listeners, I want you guys to really hang on to these words that I want to tell you. That's simply a choice that you make. Yeah. Um, anybody can have it. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. It's not, uh, it's not rocket science, right? No. It's following a system and being dedicated. It's following your system. I mean, well, I just, it's not, yes. yes. Well, what you talking? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's following a system. You know, something the teacher also has uh, that is really important is drive. Yeah. And, um, and she's also, and I don't mean to embarrass you here, but you know, she's, uh, she surrenders, she's coachable, she's humble. Uh, I don't know what you're going to say there. Yeah, right. I'm going to compliment you. And, um, <laughs> but, you know, all those things take into place. This is a highly emotional business, isn't it? Yes. How many times do you cry year over transactions? Not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, 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 it's not easy. No, it's emotional. And I think it's important for listeners to hear that somebody at your level and you're high up there in production. Yeah. You know, have moments of of, of it real and it and yes. it gets to you, correct? One hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yes. It's called being a human. And right now, in particular, it can be really difficult as an agent if you're working with buyers because the, the multiple offer situation is so real and so prevalent that agents, even really top producing agents that I know, are like constantly frustrated because, yeah. of course, rates are so low or, and, and everyone's looking to, to purchase and there just isn't a whole lot of inventory. So uh, so I imagine, you know, life is still stressful, um, but you're obviously persevering and, and doing well through it. And I, we'd love to hear, you know, sort of how you're managing all those expectations from your buyers and sellers. Yeah. And so let's talk about that. So I wonder where we should start. Should we, should we start there? Should we talk about the feature uh, and how she got to where she is? I'd, yeah. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. I'd love to hear your origin story, how you got into real estate and how you became successful. Okay. Um, I got into real estate right now. I have three boys. I mean, when I got into real estate, my youngest was six months my middle guy was two, two and a half, and my older one was 10. So um, you had a lot of free time. You were not that busy. You had. <laughs> yes. Um, and it was Matt and Lindsay that encouraged me to get my license. I live just a few blocks away from them in Western Spring. Oh, wonderful. So mm -hmm. I did it. I yeah. got my license. Um, I think, I don't know. I got my license. I took the class in fall. Took the test and started, you know, right out of the gates, right when your hands fell off. That's right. Yep. Absolutely. And kind of. And I'll share, I don't remember the exact number, but her first year in real estate, she had like three transactions, three or four transactions. And yeah. Which is which is pretty good for a first year. I mean, that's not bad at all. Right. You know, and the reason I bring that up is because I coach so many agents and you are looked at as a pinnacle. And they're like, well, I'm like, well, hold on. When she yeah. first started, she did two or three deals, yeah. but she yeah. stayed true to what she needed to do and sticks with it consistently, which yeah. for if you are a repeat listener and you come back to the podcast, you know what it is that I'm talking about, which we'll 
we'll go over that. And yeah, so we encouraged Deidre to, um, to get her license. You know, a couple things that I noticed about Deidre, one is her drive. Yeah. And I mentioned the listeners, listeners here. Um, I think a lot of us are afraid of success and um, we shouldn't be because I believe the more success you have, actually the more freedom and quality of life you can't have. So I think she's a great example of that. Um, she's also a connector. Um, you know who Kevin Bacon is, right? Sure. In the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Sure. There's a seven degrees of Deidre Rudich here. And uh, she is to a really wonderful kind person, but she has a hell of a network. And she really put into practice the, the philosophies and the exercise that we do to, to, to take advantage of that. Um, and she's passionate. You know, Deidre is a very passionate person and that comes out, you know, when you work with her. And uh, I think there is nothing more you want out of life, especially, you know, if you are a parent for your children to be passionate about what you do. Um, it's true. You're very I'm curious because in your first year you did three or four transactions, which, which we know in the industry is actually a pretty, a pretty decent first year. However, it doesn't feel good to only do three or four transactions in your first year. So I, I, when I, when I say that, I, I want to, you know, make sure that we all understand that, that the first several years of, of any real estate business is, is pretty trying. It's difficult. It's you're building, you're ramping up, you're, you're doing all the activities that are eventually going to pay off. So I'm curious as how you stayed motivated um, with having, did you feel that that was a, were you happy with that year as a first year or was it, was it a, a little stressful to think, oh, is this ever going to change? Cause I know so many of our listeners are, are maybe at that stage and they're like, how do I get to that next level? And I'm just curious if you could go back to that time and remember what that was like. I just kept at it. I think I just, yeah. I kept at it. And I remember what you would say is, I'll have agents that get to the eighth month and then they stop. And they yeah. stop doing the postcard. They stop doing the post. They stop doing the open house. I'm like, I just have to keep doing it. And remember what we were just talking about, that mm -hmm. thing with the mindset, we went to this mindset yeah. workshop. workshop. And literally the next day I bought a journal. I bought just some things to write down goals and to write down gratitudes every day. Visualizing and manifesting. Yes. And then we did Ninja maybe a year later. Mm -hmm. And that like really put everything in perspective. It was everything that I was learning at April and then just magnified through Ninja. And yeah. I just kept, it was not easy. Like there was times where it was not easy, you know, financially and it was stressful, but I just, I kept going and then it just, it kept happening. And, and as as a as a mother with young children, I can't imagine you know your time. You have some real serious time constraints because, of course, well they always that's that what's that saying? If you want to get something done, give it to a mother because they get so much stuff done. Um, so even the fact that you know you, I just assumed, oh, she must be single. She must not have children. She must be have all the time in the world to get to thirty seven million. No, you're a super busy uh, producer, and you have a busy you know private life as well. Um, how do you manage both of those things? Being that you're not on a team, you're doing it yourself. How does how do you able to, to manage all of that? You know, I don't know. I, I figure it out. Um, I'm grateful. I get support from our office. Like I'm sure. our, my marketing assistant, I get a lot of support there. Um, mm -hmm. Lindsay, just everyone in our office is really team-based. My husband is a big supporter of my business. Um, I don't know. Well, let's talk about the team I, question here. Okay. okay. Um, 
did you find when you were talking about a team and trying to team, is that, that more work or less work? Way more work for me. And I think so, so work when you were, you, you went, when you participated with team activities, you, you found it to be more work than being a solo practitioner. 100%. There's, there was a time about a year and a half ago where, you know, a lot of agents think about, well, I'll start a team. Sure. And there's a book called the millionaire real estate agent. And they yeah. have mega agents. I, I think there's a big part of that that is a, that the reason they, a lot of that is out there is because it takes the weight off the managing broker and it is distributed to that team leader. And definitely it's always the best. And I, I coach everybody to what they want. And I care a lot about the individuals that we deal with. And when I see people take on teams, uh, you know, think of a, uh, think of a triangle. Okay. Think of a triangle, think of a tip of a triangle. Okay. And I run a company. So I'm at the top of the triangle, let's just say, then turn the triangle upside down. And that's what my life is like. And I love it. I'm passionate about it, right? I support everybody that works in my organization. I have the support team and structure involved in it. Most people that get into real estate, we sometimes forget why we got into real estate. We wanted flexibility. We want to be able more time with the family. We don't want to go to work Monday through Friday, nine to five in an office job. We wanted to have unlimited income. And we start to achieve that. And all of a sudden, two years later, we see teams, teams, teams in the industry. And right. then we down this path, a lot of times it's, it's self-destructing and we were working, I'm like, so how's this team going? And how stressful was it? It was stressful. The people that joined me were great. It right. was nothing, like love them both. It just, for me, maybe I have a little bit of control issue and like managing the people. Was sure. Well, it, it is. And, and I think, and again, this is for the benefit of the listeners here. When you become a team leader, you have to understand you're putting your business last. Yeah. You're doing sure. rest. She's even bringing people on her team to grow her business through their networks. A lot of people do that with their teams. She's bringing, she's bringing people on her team to support her, but that means she has to give up three, four, five other things to then teach and educate where there are other ways to doing this business. And, you know, the biggest part of real estate, I believe in anything is you get ask yourself, why? Why am I doing this? And if it is for the support, I truly think team, and I, 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 I've coached a lot of people and that have teams, it is, it's opposite of what you think. It is actually a lot more work. Yeah. For, me, it for, for anybody it is, I know it is. It's, yeah. it, it, you, have to, you have to put yourself second and you have to be developing all those people on a team. And I'm quite honest, when you're doing 30 million, 37 million, you million production this year, that's a lot of money. And, and money is a motivator for you, is it not? Yes. And sure. that's a lot to put on the line if you're that type of producer to build the team. And then understand the distribution of funds when the team happens. And it's, we could go down yeah. that path. But yeah. It's, yeah, it's difficult. You go from being um, a, a you know, a realtor to, to a manager or to a, a business owner in the sense of now I have to, now I have to really run this business and there's multiple people involved. And you're right. You put the business does, uh, does kind of go, your personal business is, is going to come second, uh, to the team. And it's just a totally different skill set to manage a company with employees, which is essentially what teams are versus just running everything yourself. And, and I, I always think that oftentimes people who are looking for 
realtors who are looking to, to create a team might just be better served hiring some virtual assistants that can do some of the administrative tasks, which would free up more of their time, um, you know, if they don't work for a company that can support them that way. Um, but, you know, even just hiring some, some administrative people so you can keep focused on what you do best, which is, you know, building your real estate business. Right. So in your business, and it grows continuously year after year, what do you do to make your business grow? What are some of the things that you do? Um, postcards. I do. I do. Um, I don't know. I do monthly postcards. I do postcards after transactions. So you do marketing. Marketing. And and your postcards are those to, just to your sphere, or are you are you a farming as well? Other uh, like neighborhoods, communities, etc. Both farming and networking. It depends. Got it. So she picks she picks she picks a geographical farm that she markets to on a monthly basis. At the same time, she markets to her network, and she does it digitally and direct mail prints. So email yeah. and and mailers. Got it. Yeah. And if it's ran um, on auto flow for her, so she doesn't think about it, it just goes out. Right. That makes sense. Both the email and the postcards. So what's the magic behind it? What's the next thing to do? I really keep in touch with my past clients, current clients, my network. Like I'm I in my phone. Yes, I couldn't <laughs> think of that word. I really am. I mean, before COVID, hit, that was I was that was a big part of it. You know, I have three boys, different ages. Um, so I'm lucky that I have a big you know. So why are you lucky? Because you have three boys with different ages. I'm breaking this out for this year because- Because there's so many different groups of people. They expose you to different yes. networks. Yeah. Okay. And, and and what percent of your business comes from your network? All of it? Yeah, it's probably 90%. 90 wow. Yeah. 90%. Either directly through your network or network network. Yeah. Probably 10% farm needs and whatnot. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Within five years, that is an incredible statistic. Ninety percent of your business comes from people either who already have worked with you, who know you and like you, who haven't yet worked with you, or referred uh, from people who who like you. Um, that that is truly a testament to your ability to stay connected. Um, and so I'm curious. So uh, once COVID hit, and we're still obviously in the middle of the pandemic. Um, how did you, uh, how did you stay in touch? Obviously we know you're, you're sending postcards, you're sending emails. Were you doing anything else to, to stay in touch? Were you calling people, texting, commenting on social media? You know, what were sort of some of the strategies you employed? Connecting via social media, but my business really ramped up during COVID. Mm -hmm. It didn't mm -hmm. stop. But it ramped up to the two, three years that you put prior. Yes. To sure. Of course. You know, a lot of people were leaving the state or... Just transfer moving. Moving, upgrading, downgrading, you know. I was and her being in touch is not postcards in the marketing. So let's just be right. So that, that's just yeah, marketing. That, yeah. So and I'm gonna answer people because that's the first thing. It's you great. Do, right? I, I like to be but she sends direct messages via social media to people. She text messages. I see her at her house writing handwritten note cards. Yep. Uh, cards to people when she sees that they had. Uh, a monumental moment in their life, correct? Yes. I'm just hoping you're Here, one oh, thing I did during um, COVID is I dropped dinners off for people. So a woman that I work with who usually does my broker opens, you know, every week I'd say, okay, I'm going to do these five dinners, this address, this address. And then I would go either, I would probably, she would drop them off at my house and I would hand deliver them with the note. I would let the people know it was coming. Let me, let me explain really quick. 
Oh, I'm like, no, 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 yeah, I want you to go on. She said, this is for the listeners, this person who does my broker opens, what she meant oh. is a caterer. Yes. She has a caterer that caters her broker opens. Correct. Go on, finish terms. So, no, it's great. So I would just, um, you know, drop off dinners for people. Sometimes I would drop off a little bottle of champagne, just ways that, you know, people were down. People were yeah. stuck thinking of ways I could engage with them and cheer them up or do something thoughtful for them as well. DJ really cares about people. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly important to understand that for all the listeners, okay? It's the give or gain mindset that she has. And it's interesting, the scarcity and the abundance difference in mindsets. And the people who don't know Deidre might think that um, who are in the real estate business, jealousy starts to occur, right? Sure. You don't know this person because she will sit down with any real estate agent, explain to them every single thing that she needs oh, to do for sure. in the business. Yeah. This goes on beyond the real estate business and she's delivering dinners and card. She really cares. Now, because she cares so much, a byproduct of that is an explosive, explosive business. Uh, that she has. And it's one of the traits I think any of our listeners here want to take in. It's not about you. It's about your network. And if you could just really focus on them, right? That's what I love about social media. I don't use it for marketing. I use it for researching my network, developing a relationship with them. And if you could lead with caring and just thoughtfulness. uh, And be real. I mean, that's like true to who I am. You know, like I enjoy. Oh yeah. Let's talk about that. She's real. No, it's, it's the truth. No, but hold on here. We now I'm going to come full circle. Okay. okay. Um, Deidre will also tell you how it is, whether you want to hear it or not. Okay. Right. Tells you exactly how it is. So when there is a buyer, excuse me, an inventory shortage, okay, Deidre is not afraid of her clients. And again, this is for the benefit of the listeners. And you can uh, debate it, right? She's not afraid of her clients. So she tells her clients what to come in at, when they need to write over. And if they say, well, I don't think so, she'll say, well, then you're not going to get the house. We just went through this. Yeah, go ahead and talk about it. I did, we just went through it. This with a great client of mine. He wanted to come in, I don't know, $60,000 under where we went. And he had all of his reasons. And I just said, stop. You want this house? Well, yeah. I'm like, you're not going to get it with this offer. Well, I looked at, you know, Zillow, I looked at the price per square foot. I'm like, no, it doesn't, then you must not want it. This must be an exercise we're going to try. This is the exact language you I, guys should use. You're not telling a story. I remember the first like dealer to she was doing, I was in the office. And I'm like, she's talking to a client? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, God. Finally, you know, this is what it's about. The client, you're in control and she's in control. Does that make sense? Yes. Go on. But she says, so, stop. You don't want the house. Right. So long story short, he said, okay, let me talk to my wife. And he called back and he went out, but not enough. He goes back enough. I said, no, we just went through this. It's got to be this or you're not going to get it. And so he trusted me. He, you know, she has that it. tone and that sound of impatience in her voice. <laughs> and said, no, you're not going to get it. She's, and again, this is for the benefit the podcast is for. Yeah. Real estate is the best knowledge here. I'm not, you're not hiring her passion. On, yes. You're not hiring us to tell us, or I'm not, no one's asking me to represent them to be a buyer or seller to tell them what they want to hear. Yeah. They're asking me to be transparent. So they may not agree with me or listen to me, which is fine, but I'm not doing my job unless I'm explaining it to them and telling them straight up. You know, it's, we can list your house at a million dollars. It's going to trade at 750, but we can list where you want, but it's not. 
you know? Yeah. I guess the, the takeaway is don't be afraid of the truth because the truth it, it creates number one, that's really what most buyers and sellers, it really what most humans want when they're dealing in these stressful situations, especially around finance and, and making this big in, in investment into a, a property is, am I, am I making a horrible decision? And, you know, we just want somebody to say, you know what, that is a bad decision or no, that's actually a really good decision. And we just want, we want the truth. And we, so you shouldn't be afraid. Uh, and Deidre, obviously you're not afraid to tell your clients the truth and they probably that's probably one of the big reasons why you're so successful. It's, it's, it is, it is a reason why she's successful in the transaction. Sure. It's a reason why she's successful in the transaction. She's successful in business development because of her passion and her dedication, essentially live flow. Um, if I can speak for you a bit more. Um, I also want to talk about uh, being aggressive and stuff like this. And I have a little notes on the whiteboard. So I'm looking over to the left so the, 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 the listeners can hear business is not going to come to you. And there's an element where you learn somebody in your network might be wanting to buy or sell, right? How do you handle that when you hear about that? I mean, the first time, the first big list or one of the first big listings I got was a, I would say a friend of mine. Now she's one of my closest friends and they had relocated. Their house was listed with another agent. It wasn't selling. I was trying to give them information. And when I'm like, drop this off, go bring this to them, you know, all these things. I'm like, no, no, no I, I can't do that. He goes, fine, then don't. You're not going to get it. Then stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I am going to do that. Okay, all right. And I have now done four transactions for them. And literally, our kids are best friends and they are two of my closest friends. They have moved from Western Springs to California to Hinsdale to Western Springs and so forth. And, and you carry that through your process. Now, when you hear somebody is considering making a move, you go for the kill. Yeah. In a sense. And, and the kill is going. No, go, no, go. No. It's, it's just driving the house. Yeah. Pick up the phone. Yeah. Going right for it. You know, and, and I want the listeners to hear, it's like, you it's can't, our it's our job. You can't think and you can't be worried. No. You know, what is it? Success comes outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. You got to get over yourself. Right. Got to get out of your own way. Got to get out of your own way. Or else you can talk yourself out of anything. Anybody can, yeah. everybody will. There's enough room for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's way I am fortunate I get along with like all agents. I have a really good relationship. So if, I don't care if you do one deal a year or 500 million a year, it doesn't matter. Everyone is on the same playing field mm -hmm. in my room, you know? So. And, and as, you know, as a consumer, I'm, I'm not a producing realtor, uh, but as a, somebody who just went through the process myself of, of buying a, a property, I just wanted somebody to come to me and say, Hey, you're going to go do that. Here's everything you need to know. I didn't want to have to search out that information because I'm busy. I have a lot going on. So does everyone's clients who are in the process of thinking about buying or selling. And so I love the fact that you were able to, you know, to race over to that first listing, um, even though they were all, they, you know, had a, a previous agent and just say, I want to work with you and here's what I can do for you. I mean, it's, it's funny. It's not a sales tactic at all. It's actually saying, I see that you have a need for this and I can assist you. And, um, and I, I think it's just so powerful because as somebody who just went through it, I had to seek out a lot of this information on my own and it really is time consuming. It's taxing, it's stressful. And I just love when people will approach me saying, I heard you're doing this. I can help you with that. Um, it, it doesn't happen as often as, as we might think being that we're, we're, you know, we're all realtors. We're thinking that people are approaching our, our, our network all the time. They're probably not getting approached that much. 
I, other than maybe they get a mailer once in a while from some random realtor they've never heard of. Right. How about, um, do you charge what you worth? Yeah. Yeah. Do you hold the line? Yeah. Let's talk about it. Okay. So if you didn't hear that, Ryan asked her, do you charge what you're worth and do you hold the line? So we're in, we're in an era where we, we know there's discount brokerages, there's discount brokers, there's people that will do a listing for $500. There's all sorts of ways to race to the bottom of the commission sort of scale. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you have that conversation with, with your clients? I mean, it's, I'm full service. So yeah. it's kind of you pay for what you get. You know, I'm not just anyone can stick a sign in the ground and yeah. put it on. It's getting through the whole transaction. I explain that to them. I talk to them. I meet in person. Are you willing to walk away from something that somebody doesn't want to pay? Yes. Three years ago, no way. Now I'm like, no way. That's the most important thing to hear. Three years ago, yes. Now, no way. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it goes right. Same with the real estate brokerage. You know, there, there are 100% commission brokerage firms. I won't work like this for. I, 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 we put what we put in to be paid. We'll pay. Everybody has to hold the line and know what their value is. The reason being, sure. all of us have Terry Johnson. If you're listening, all of us have more money than we have time. Yeah. And we have got to understand that our time is the most valuable thing we have. It's not worth it. Let somebody else no. go work for free. And I've had people recently, someone said to me, well, if we buy and sell, are you going to do it for this? I said, no. She said, well, you know, someone else offered me that. And I said, that's great. It's okay if you go with them. I'm, you know, you have to do what's best for you. I'm like, I don't, you don't, I don't do it. Yeah, you don't have to. So, so if you if you go about this the correct way, if you have an auto flow program, you have a life flow program, and you follow the system, there's so much business out there that you can pick and choose. You're almost interviewing them as much as they're A hundred percent. And there's revenue, but then there's revenue and there's profitable revenue. I worked a lot of my years for revenue. And so I said, I'm not doing it anymore. My, my money, my time, my skill set is worth so much. I'm holding the line and I'm only going to work on profitable revenue. But I do the things that I need to do to continually grow my business. These are those things you need to do to continue to grow your business. You can let somebody else go through that. And I'm telling you, cliches are cliches for a reason because they're true. No good deed ever goes unpunished. Right. No good deed ever goes unpunished. And you do it, you put yourself last, you put your family last. It's a time suck and you are the bad person at the end of it. And it's just not worth it. And with these uh, quote unquote disruptors that have been around for 20 years now that want to work at 100% discount, whatever, they have done nothing but show the value that we bring to the marketplace. It's been incredibly helpful. Wouldn't you agree? It's yeah. it's a similar uh, it's a similar argument to where people uh, realtors sometimes get upset with some you know firms that 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 discount like a, like maybe a Redfin for example or a Zillow even and and what I found in interviewing top producers from all over the country is that top producers aren't concerned about Redfin or Zillow at all um, because they know the value they provide they understand why they're charging what they charge they're able to communicate that and they have a string of happy clients behind them to say it's absolutely worth it to hire 
or this person. So I would say for anyone listening or watching, and, and I would love to hear your guys' opinion as well, is you need to be able to vigorously defend what you charge. And it doesn't have to come from a defensive position, but you need to be able to say, here's why I'm worth, is exactly what Deidre said. Like, here's what I'm worth. Here's why I'm worth this. And if you want to go with a discount broker, uh, there, there's many of them to choose from, but here's why I charge what I charge. Right. You know, it's such an interesting business. You brought up Zillow and Redfin in the same sentence. And I'm going to, if I can, I'll make a clarifying um, sure. on that if I can for the listeners that are interested in this part of the business. Real estate brokerage is a funny business. Inman came out with a study. And the average profit margin for a real estate brokerage is 3%. Now compare that to a profit margin of corporate America at 8.5% for the past 25 years. It's almost 300% greater or corporate America company than a real estate brokerage. Now you have the traditional brokerages out there. You have your uh, Cobalt Bankers, you have your Berkshires, you have your um, your Remax of the world, correct? Sure. Then you have your multi-level companies, the multi-level pyramid selling based companies. Those are the uh, the Keller Williams and EXP. Yeah, right. They're 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 very similar to like the Pampered Shops, the Rodans and Fields. You know th that the pyramid level selling, right? Um, the average profit margin of those companies is 3% or less. You have another a company coming into the marketplace, Compass. Okay, sure. Compass is backed. The CEO of Compass is the chief of staff of Goldman Sachs. And um, they went on a gigantic acquisition spree. Uh, they're, they're backed by SoftBank. They bought so many real estate companies since 2012. They did $3.7 billion in sales last year. But you saw that they lost $280 million in their Filing. Did you notice that? Did you see that? In, uh, no, I, I, I didn't. I, I, I did not know that. So, so it's interesting. Well, why would they do that? And I'm explaining the industry to the listeners here. It's incredibly important to know about your business and your industry and what's going on. Compass is trying to come across as a technology company. Um, they bought Contactually. Why are they coming, trying to come across as a technology company? Because they want an IPO. They want to get an evaluation that they're they're not a technology company. They're a traditional real estate brokerage. Yeah. In the pudding, they're losing money, like most real estate brokerages do. Redfin is a disruptor. It's got an amazing technology. I love their technology. Incredible technology, yeah. They have just made a mistake in trying to compete with real estate brokerages at even lower prices, and Redfin's not going to make profit. Zillow is not competition. Zillow is not a real estate brokerage. Zillow is more profitable than all those companies combined. Zillow's customer agents and loan officers, they sell leads to them. If they want to get in the brokerage business, by all means, go for it. I haven't seen a company yet really making more than a 3% profit margin on it. And so it's really important. The reason I kind of digest and digress and went down this is I want people to make sure, don't put Redfin and Zillow in the same category. They're two different things. Now, Redfin might be pivoting and selling leads I think if they pivot, sell leads, and get rid of the discount brokerage business, they actually might start making money. But they've already IPO. They got their valuation. Their Goldman Sachs-backed investors made their money and get out. So yeah, that might not be illegal. But that's what's going on in the IPO market. Companies don't – the public market, the stock market, doesn't value real estate brokerages. They don't value mortgage companies. That's why Quicken Loans, which is now called Rocket Mortgage, right. are traded in because they're technology. It's a mortgage. Let's just be real. Yeah, it's a, it's a lead. It's a lead business. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. So I, I'm sorry, I went down a tangent. I think it's really no. It's important for listeners because so many real estate agents were so scared that Zillow is buying Showing Time. Why? 
It's yeah. like the business. They sell <laughs> products to realtors. Right. They're not competition. Redfin's competition. They're a discount broker. They are quote-unquote disruptor. They're public trade, so they don't need to make money. They continue to lose money, and it's been going on almost 20 years. But it's important for you as listeners to educate yourself on your industry, what it is. And at the end of the day, with all that aside, you're running your own business. Get what you're worth. You're not going public. Right. <laughs> you're not going public. You're running a business. You're spending time away from your family. Charge your fee. People, I swear, they just sometimes like to ask. To ask. I say no, and 90% of them just move on. 100%. Like, I but don't, it's you like, have to be educated as a real estate agent how to hold the line. Right. This is why coaching, training, continuing education is so important. Deidre is a huge producer. She still surrenders and is coachable. All the time. And going from a 5% listing fee to a 6%, 1% with 50% of a business being list business, meaning that's close to $20 million, that's a $200,000 bottom line swing for her. Huge. Huge. And what do you say? Most people just ask the question and move on. Yes. And most realtors just crumble and say, okay, fine, and I'll work for free. Why? Right. Most realtors want to cross it off before they even get to the listing foundation. I'm like, stop. Yep. And and I've I've also found and that the commission question doesn't come up that often if people like you know you and trust you right which isn't always the case when you're meeting with a list you know somebody who maybe it's a you know a referral and they don't totally know you yet but for people that are in that know like and trust close sphere the commission question probably isn't going to come up that often but you do need to be able to have an answer for why you charge what you charge and why you're worth it and it's it's should be pretty easy to defend uh, based on, you know, what your track record is. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I I wanted to go back to what's going on right now. I just had a quick question that I started at the beginning, which was about right now, I know agents representing buyers, it's, it's, it's stressful. It's tough because things are happening so quickly. Money is so cheap that everyone has more purchasing power than they did before. And there's a, you know, so many more buyers out there. How are you, or what are you, Deidre, what are you talking to your uh, buyers about? How are you coaching them so that they have a good understanding of what's going on so that their expectation is not to blame you when a deal doesn't happen? Um, you know, it, every buyer is different, but from the beginning, you know, I have two new buyers that are both in rentals right now. And I'm trying to tell them, I'm like, just stay for a little bit. You, I mean, they've lost so many offers and it mm-hmm. keeps happening because I'm like, what you guys want and what you want to pay are two different things right now. So you're getting the same result. Just wait a little bit. Or, you know, there's not a minute to think. I'm like, we can think during AI. We can, you know, ask all those questions. Right. Contract is accepted. I'm like, when we go see this house, we're going to look at comps before we go. We're going to be prepared. And you, you know, sometimes you have to lose a few. <laughs> you just said something that's so profound and I love it. We could think during the AI. Yes. Elaborate. So brilliant, by the way. If you want to shop at a house, then let's, yeah, get it under contract. And then during inspection, during attorney approval, those five to 10 business days, that's when all those questions can be asked. We can figure out a solution. Just right now, there's no time. There's no time. Questions. No. And it's not that I don't want to answer those questions. It's just, you're, we can figure it out then. Were you on today's movie called by chance? No, I was okay. on fire. Okay, cool. So in today's company call, 
what I also told everybody in this market, right? Because like we have these dashboards and we look at high charts of everybody's business. And most people's business is 80% active clients, buyers, but there's no inventory. Well, we talk about live flow. Well, when I, you reach out to your network, like she did, she made dinners, she writes cards, sends champagne, you know, you're, you're getting married, your kid graduated kindergarten, you got a new Labrador retriever, really nice things to reach out to, don't make the sales call. However, right now, people, right now, there is no better way to make yourself look like a player. I'm going to refer to Terry Johnson, right? You could be a victim or you could be a player, mm -hmm. right? A victim is what was me. A player is like, you know, I make things happen. I have a positive mindset. That's what life is all about, right? It's like be a player in life. Well, right now it's very difficult because I, I'm an agent, let's say, and I've had more buyers than I've ever had in my life and there's no inventory. So I can go victim path and be pissed off or I go player path and say, you know what? I have 250 people in my network. I'm going to text everybody one by one, report that I've been in the flow with them. Be like, hey, just, you know, I'm working with 15 buyers. In case you or any of your friends or families know somebody who wants to sell a home, would you please let me know? I got to put these 15 people in a home. What did you just do? You made yourself look like a player to your network. So when the market shifts and the market will shift yeah. and it becomes a neutral market and people start putting their homes on the market to sell, what do you think they're going to say? Well, let's call her home. They say, well, let's call Ryan. Let's call Deidre. She's got all those buyers. We want to list our home. There's silver lining to everything. You got to step back and be like, how do I lever these opportunities to position myself, position myself for tomorrow? This is the best time to communicate to your entire network. You've got five, 10, 20 buyers. Know anybody looking to buy or sell a home? So when they think about selling, they're going to call you. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a great piece of advice. I, I love that. And and probably a great place to sort of wrap up this, this conversation as well. Um, and, and I want to just make a couple of quick uh, points here that for anyone out there who might not be a realtor uh, and, and is looking to work with a top producing realtor here in the Chicagoland area, uh, Dieter, if they're looking to work with you, what would be the best way that a buyer, a seller, a renter, an investor uh, could reach out to you? They can use my cell phone. Seven, sure. Three eight seven five seven six zero eight. Um, and I have a website, deeperbudich.com. Deeper Properties website is super easy to use and it's super easy to find people. But Google Deeper Rudich. Yeah. D e i d r e. There's no yeah, D e i d r e. Google pages. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We should just come up with a website for me. I don't know. <laughs> Not there yet. And and for also anyone out there who is a realtor in the Chicagoland area, if you're looking to see what other firms offer, Daple Properties might be a great fit for you. They have offices all over the Chicagoland area and, and in the neighboring states. Um, and the best way to do that is just go to their website, daprilproperties.com, uh, fill out a contact form, and somebody from their team will reach out to you and tell you more about what they offer. And one of the big things they do is some of the automated marketing. In addition to all the coaching uh, and support, the Automated marketing is really, really unique and powerful. And Ryan, do you mind just really quickly mentioning that before we uh, jump off? Sure. Yes. Um, so uh, we will do the marketing for our agents. We'll do the direct mail. We'll do the email marketing. We In every office, there's a managing broker, but there's also two, three, sometimes four uh, office managers and marketing assistants. We make marketing local in the office. And we just let you, you can do above and beyond, but we just will do your baseline marketing for you consistently every month uh, because when you're uh, 
when you're faced with having to do it yourself, like there are real estate companies out there right now, I won't even mention them, but they're writing checks to get agents to come on board. Sure. Um, it's very dangerous because that check will then just get into your checking account and then you're paying bills. Fine. That's going to get you through three months. But that money needs to be invested in the marketing. That's the point of marketing dollars for people. So what we say is let's just take it. Let's focus on you. Let's spend four years on building a brand name because consumers don't hire real estate brokerages. Right. They're agents. And the agents yep. you got to continue to create a brand for yourself uh, in your in your network, in your community. Couldn't agree more. So if you're interested in learning more about D'April Properties, go to dapralproperties.com. And on behalf of uh, our audience, Deirdre and uh, and Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, really appreciate your insight and, and your coaching. And congrats, Deirdre, on all the success you're having. It's truly incredible. And uh, we wish you, uh, obviously, the best going forward. And on behalf of Deirdre, Ryan, and myself, we also want to thank the audience for continuing to support our show. Please, before you sign off, tell a friend, think of one other real estate professional that could benefit from hearing these great interviews with top producers and coaching sessions with Ryan and send them a link to our website. You can just go right to keepingitrealpod.com. Or if the person you know listens to podcasts, pull up a podcast app, search for Keeping It Real and hit the subscribe button. Um, other than that, we will see everyone on our next episode. And Ryan, we will see you next month. And Deidre, thanks for being on our show. Thanks for having me. It's great. Thanks, Deidre. Thanks, Deidre.